Well, it has been um, an afternoon. How's that? It has been an afternoon. Uh, what started out uh, a few hours ago, we were all texting each other saying, uh, will one of you find PGA professionals, uh, whether it be Mike Fay or BC or Jordan Young, get your butt to Oklahoma and go win this tournament because nobody wants to win it? I don't want it. Uh, to, um, well, it has become very, very exciting. And unfortunately for one golfer, um, exciting for all the wrong reasons. And uh, quite frankly, uh, he's going to be talked about for many, many years to come. There's no other way to say that. Uh, and I think that is probably the best place to start. Good evening. Uh, once again, it is spin on golf here on 760 uh, WJR. So glad you could join us. Mike Faye with me out here at the beautiful DGC home of the Rocket Mortgage Classic coming up in about nine weeks. Uh, unfortunate Leaf fan for 49 years, Jordan Young, uh, BC, with us as well. Uh, fellas, let, let's let's just start with Pereira. How, how do you explain it? it? You saw it coming. I don't think we saw that it would go that way, though, right? So I was lucky enough to watch probably the last, I don't know, eight holes and, you know, on and off a little bit. And I did watch the last three holes, and he seemed pretty unwavered. He made that putt, what was it, on 16 for par, which was a greasy one. I'm going to guess it was about eight feet, and I said, ah, good for him. And then uh, he hit that nice little carved driver on 17. It didn't get up and down. BC, you mentioned he was in a divot. I didn't catch that. And he was one ball short of falling that sucker in the hole and going to the last hole with a two-shot lead. I still thought he looked pretty good, and then he just whipped it right into the water. And, you know, it's not a great finishing hole, and it's certainly the toughest hole of the week. I mean – I don't know if I'd be able to make a five or a six on the last hole with a two-shot lead in my first PGA Championship, <laughs> let alone even get into one. Right. You see, you played in, you played in a bunch, but I couldn't imagine the pressure. I I got to give the guy credit, man. He did that post interview there, and he was, he knows he just gets it, and and I know he'll be back. But un unbelievable, unbelievable way to finish for him. Now we got to play off. Yeah, I think it was awesome. I think he had a great week. I mean, the guy is 46th on the FedEx Cup, so it's not like he hasn't, you know, been out there and make cuts, you know. And he said he'd just like to make a cut, you know, in the interview. But, you know, anything can happen. They're all good players, except for some of the 20. <laughs> we get it. But um, I, I think he had a great week. A lot to take away from him. He's going to make whatever, $870,000, thanks to Jeff Marceros, um early um, really money listing and thank you Jeff for that. But I, th I think he had a great week. I, I, no, I don't think, you know what, he's going to learn that, you know what, time sped up there at the end. And unfortunately he just didn't think it through correctly. Crazy. Mike Faye, what did you see? Uh, I, I was in route. So full disclosure, I just saw uh, that tee shot from 18. He just, Kind of herky jerky is the best way to put it. What did you see, Mike? Uh, pain. That's <laughs> all I can say is pain. Uh, you have to feel for him. He played so good. But you know what? At the same time, you know, like PC said, awesome week. A lot to learn from it. Pretty cool stuff. I mean, he'll be back. 
he showed he can do it. He had some great shots this week. It was awesome. Was it just crazy to see the young guys up top here? And we all knew that this could get dicey. All of a sudden, JT starts popping up on that four-person board they put at the bottom of the screen. You're like, oh, he, he can hang in there. Yeah, He's the only guy that could feel his body and the blood and everything in between. The other guys, I think they're all having out-of-body experiences. And, uh, you know, nobody wanted to get it. You thought maybe Zaltoris there. Zaltoris would grab it. A couple holes to go. He made a couple good putts, and here we are. So he's they're still battling. Uh, I believe JT birdied the first hole, right, BC? Was it 13? Yeah, they both did. Oh, they both did. Okay, I'm, I missed that one. So here we go. We got two holes left, and uh, they're rolling. And I think these guys are the two that wanted it the most the last the last half hour, maybe 45 minutes. Mikey, uh, have you seen a, well, since we're teaching this afternoon probably, a, uh, a bigger group of bad strokes coming down the stretch than you just saw? Oh, gosh. I don't know. That was tough. It was tough to watch coming down to the end. But, <laughs> you know, I think that, uh, like you said, uh, I think we can all learn from it. Uh, you know, the, the swing that he made on 18T was tough. It was uh, super fast and super right. So here's a question. If you if you make a stroke like Zal Torres made, and I don't know what hole it was. It might have been the 14 or 13. 15. It was about a three-footer, and he took it back, yep. and he stopped. Mm-hmm. He stopped. And then he kind of followed through, and it went in. Do you go to the next putt and say, "Well, I can't, I can't make a worse stroke than I possibly just made there"? Does <laughs> yeah. it calm you at all, BC? Like Mike and you guys put? Does yeah. that calm you at all? I, no, I'd be, wow, I'd be blown. I'd be, done. <laughs> I'd, I'd be right in that creek on eighteen and taking a nap. You know, <laughs> unbelievable what he did. That, those two putts could have been the worst putting thirty. Well, ever seen. Ever. Mike, how do you, Mike? Seriously, how do you get refocused? I mean, it, it, is it possible in that moment? I mean, what take us through uh, that exact scenario? I think that you have to step off of the ball and just stop if you can. Breathe. You just have to and breathe and and go through what you know, which is your routine, and think about those things and not about the outcome of stuff. And uh, that's what we try and teach everyone to try to go back and think about what you're doing right now. If the better routine you have and you keep doing it over and over again, I think the better that the outcome will be. The outcome's a tough part. Trying to get yourself out of the way of the outcome, Mm -hmm. whether it's an expectation or a fear of failure or whatever it's going to be, you have to remove the outcome and and to train that is – it's Mike, just unbelievable you, difficult. I mean, don't you agree that um, that you have to? Unfortunately, some guys have been through that, and they they went through the routines, and you know, working with some some of the mental coaches. Um, that you have to have failure first. I mean, you do, I, you do to win, right? Right. I think it, failure is doesn't mean that you know what you screwed up. Um, but you stuck to a routine and this time it didn't work, but you really firmly believe it. And the next time it'll probably work. And if you just stay in those guidelines and stay in those parameters, I think you're okay. But man, it's tough to, it's tough to stay to something, the same thing, if it didn't work. 
you're right, but yeah. you have to keep going, right? I mean, yeah. uh, that's that's the hardest part because everybody wants to change, right? Like right. the 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 person that uses different putters every week, oh. they think it's this the putter's fault, right? I love those people <laughs> until they figure it out that it's them. Means money for us, <laughs> right? Exactly. No, um, you know, it's those kinds of things, but. You just have to you have to stick with it, and once you find success and you know what helps you get through those situations, you just keep going. Well, BC made reference to this. Our chief statistician here for Spin on Golf, Jeff Marsro, said that Pereira would have won two point seven million dollars if he got a par on eighteen. The double bogey gave him a tie with Cam Young. Still picked up a nice hefty check of 870G, but an overall loss of 1.83. No, he didn't lose. He made 800 and whatever. That's the way you have to think of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Way I look mean, at it. Yeah, he, he did, did yeah. miss an opportunity, though. Major he, champion. He had a good chance. Yeah, Obviously, life, lifetime exemption. But he's got uh, big-time FedEx Cup points. He's probably exempt into the first FedEx Cup just by this finish. From what I saw though in the post post interview, he he can handle it and he'll be back. Yeah, that was a really that was good, right? Yeah, that's really good. good. How do you um, do the interview? Uh, listen, we are up against it. We will obviously uh, keep you abreast of what is going on uh, in Oklahoma. Also coming up in a few minutes, a pretty cool event up in Frankenmuth uh, named. After a pretty cool dude, a guy that uh, all of us knew in one way or other. So stay tuned for that. We will get into it. Uh, obviously, you're watching the same thing that we're watching from Southern Hills. Glad that you can join us for Spin on Golf on a Sunday night here on 760 WJR. Oh, <laughs> oh we did it again. Did he really, Jordan? <laughs> cash out, cash out. I don't want it. You take it. Well, it is uh it is interesting on the second playoff hole, and we as you probably heard wow. BC say. I don't want it. You take it. I don't want it. You take it. That That is kind of what we've been saying in a text message with each other mm-hmm. oh, for about three hours now. That's <laughs> kind of been the routine here this afternoon. And, uh, uh, well, Will Zalatoris on a hole that, quite frankly, he uh, has had a lot of success. Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, they said on the weekend so far it was par birdie, birdie, birdie. Uh, Jordan, what did you see on that putt? Yeah, it just looked like he uh, went through his routine and just kind of whipped it. And I wouldn't say whipped it. It was probably seven, seven and a half feet. He just pushed it a little bit to the right. You know, maybe a little short stroke, maybe a little open face. Uh, I didn't touch the hole. But then the second putt was a two-footer. And he did Ooh. the old, he took it back and kind of paused it again and then just jammed it in there. <laughs> Mike, have you ever seen a putter so far low and inside? No. In your life? And then he gets it way out in front real fast. Yo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Th- that was the second worst stroke I've seen in the two hours. <laughs> do you think the claw has something to do with that, though? 
hundred percent. And I don't know if it's an abbreviation of the claw. Because he's got the long putter and hybrid kind of type claw action. And so that brings it kind of low and inside and shut a little yep. bit more than usual. Yep. I would say that when I went with Pyatt to David Orr and he listed the top 50 putters of all time, nobody putted unconventional because nobody even thought about thinking of doing these goofy putting strokes or having longer clubs or resting mm -hmm. the club against their arms. But the best putter of all time, I still say, how does he putt? Tiger Woods. Yeah. Right hand below the left. I, and he opens it and closes it. Yeah, he's got a lot of rotation, about 16, 15, 16 millimeters of face rotation, but he does it every single time, so it's a great putting stroke. But would you say that your, you think your physical makeup has anything to do with that, with your shoulders, um, angle of your shoulder blades and everything, or can, or can everybody putt a certain way? I think everybody should be able to, if we just do this a quick anatomy trick, unless you have an arm one extremely longer than the other, and you hit the ball with your right hand low, you know, mm -hmm. you chip or no, don't chip because Fitzpatrick is chipping left hand low. But mm -hmm. if you hit a nine iron left hand or right hand low, why can't you putt right hand low? I don't, I don't get it. And, and everyone say, well, it's loft. I'm hitting down. on it. I've got spin and I can move, move, work the ball and putting is a little more accurate. Well, I would want my hands on the putter or the club to feel all of the putter face rotation or no rotation. I don't, I don't understand why they're trying to eliminate something off the putter when I'm trying to add as much feel as possible. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I totally agree. JT, JT with a one-stroke lead. Uh, they are back on, correct me if I'm wrong, the 18th now. Oh, yeah. And this is this has been a hole that uh, JT has struggled. He uh, he did have a bogey a couple days ago on this hole, oh, but he has a chance to uh, wrap up the PGA on this hole. So obviously, uh, if you're listening to the show, chances are you're doing the exact same thing that we are all doing right now. Uh, thank goodness uh, we have a laptop in front of us, and we're watching. And uh, I know that BC and uh, Jordan are watching as well. Let me ask you guys something. Again, there were a lot of complaints about course conditions the first couple days of uh, the tournament. Not so much the last couple days, but uh, guys complaining. What do you make of that? <laughs> That's a loaded question. I probably, yeah, I probably should abstain from that answer because I'd probably get fined from the PGA if I really say what I want to say. I Wouldn't mean, be the first time. Well, yeah, I'll just stack them up, I guess. Yeah, what the heck? I'll let them rip. Um, first of all, the bunkers. I, you know what? I, I think a bunker personally. I mean, Jordan's been over to Scotland, seen the bunkers, the dirt, whatever's underground. That should be the bunker. You know, bringing all this fake sand or pebbles, whatever they have in those bunkers, and then not to mow the greens. You know what? You blow the whistle when the ball starts moving on the greens. You blow the whistle. We still have a Monday to finish. So why would you go? You know what? We're not going to mow the greens because it's too windy. <laughs> so are you in? Are you in the Terrell Hatton boat? Do you think? Uh, well, you know Terrell. Go, you know where he's going to play. The second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Open London. Yes, they say. Anyway, yeah. uh, so I, I would say, would the USGA have done that? 
Uh, I don't know. No, no chance. No. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I've never been there. I haven't seen the course before. I heard some stuff about the bunkers. I've heard some stuff about the greens. Some guys are biting their lips. Some guys are not. I mean, you know, it is an outdoor, outdoor sport. The weather doesn't always cooperate. We had a huge flux in, in weather. They had some wins. I get what they were trying to do. They even interviewed Hatton, and, they, and he said, yeah, I totally get why they did what they did, and I understand why. But So he kind of he kind of like dissed it, then he agreed with why they did it. So I, I don't, found that interesting, yeah. I don't, it just seems very weird, right? Well, like, it's probably like, back okay. thought about it. He says, I don't want to get a fine, or I want to play this again. So, you know what? Stick by your guns. You know what? That was a piece of crap call. That's all I got to say. Let's be that, that was a crap call. What, just rolling them and not cutting them? Just freaking cut them and roll them and keep them the same speeds that you started with all week. I mean, <laughs> then, I would even... then I would say I played the athletic club and the greens were 15 on Tuesday and they didn't mow them for a couple of days because they were too fast and no wind. They were just too fast. <laughs> so they got to 13 and a half, maybe. Yeah, they got to 13 and a half. <laughs> but anyway, uh, but. Changing the whole condition of the golf course by not mowing. I mean, USGA would have mowed and put a blown whistle if the ball started rolling. No, I, I was interested to hear that because, it, you know, some of what he said made sense. You know, he, listen, this is a major. Let's, you know, uh, come on, we can, we can quote unquote be better, but. Uh, Jordan, I, I think, and I don't even think Jordan, it was a case of him trying to walk it back. It was, it was more, okay, I get why you did it, but I, 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 quite frankly, I didn't have any problem with it guys. I really didn't. You didn't have a problem with the comment. No, not at all. I I don't have a problem with the comment. Um, and you know, BC, you made comment like, well, he was bitching about the masters and then the masters. Well, you don't bitch about the masters. Okay, so he's now he's the first two majors. He's got a bitch about stuff. So two for two, whatever. I mean, I, I agree. I mean, cut the greens. Even if you raise the mower a little bit, just cut it and don't tell anybody. Right. Yeah. I mean, just don't say anything. Yeah. Like, I, come on. I mean, give me like a- you're gonna get a big award because you guys made an Ooh. adjustment and it was super windy and we didn't cut the greens. Well, it kind of backfired. You know, yeah. you talked about it so much. All right, guys, we are up against it. We will obviously let you know what happens on the third playoff hole when we come back. Also, when we come back, a very special guest will be joining us to talk about a special tournament that is now honoring a special man as well. Don't go anywhere. We'll tell you all about it when we come back. It's Spin on Golf on a Sunday night. So glad you could join us here on 760 WJR. Well, don't you love when the guy on the radio tells you what you already know? Because if you're listening to this show right now, you know exactly what's going on on the third playoff hole. But just in case you don't, there's no way you don't. We are on the third playoff hole and uh, JT looking to finish this. We'll let you know if he does. Uh, Both uh, guys are uh, awaiting the end of this, as we all are. It's the three-hole aggregate playoff uh, for what it's worth. But as I mentioned, pretty cool guy. You've heard him before. 
here on 760 WJR. He is the vice president of the Michigan Heroes Museum in Frankenmuth. So many cool things going on there. I've had the pleasure and privilege to chat with him. And one more cool thing going on, something that I think touched all of us when we heard about it. Let's welcome in our guest, Ronnie Cyrus, kindly joining us here. Spin on Golf 760 WJR. Ronnie, always a pleasure to chat with you, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great, Sean. And man, I'll tell you what, you're talking about a gig. I thought I had a great gig. You get to sit around every Sunday night and talk about golf. I, how do we how do we end up in these places, man? Right, right. Are we not blessed or what? With three guys, game. with three guys that know it inside out as well. I mean, it's like, okay, that's pretty stinking cool. Uh, you know what else is pretty stinking cool? Um, tell everybody if they have not heard yet. Uh, this is something that I think. Uh, touches all of us in one way or another. Uh, there's a pretty cool golf event coming up this week at the Fortress. Tell everybody about it, Ronnie. So several years ago, Frank Beckman, of course, who everybody knows who Frank is, but if you don't know, he had broadcast for WJR for on and off for 48 years. He was a Lions broadcaster. He was a Tigers broadcaster, U of M broadcaster, even, even jumped into the Red Wings a time or two. And Frank um, actually came up to do a live remote at the museum up in Frankenmuth several years ago. It just absolutely fell in love with the place. He really did have a passion for the stories of our Michigan men and service women who served up there. And Frank um, jumped into the point to where Frank wanted to be on the board of directors at the Michigan Heroes Museum. And when he retired. That's what we did. And uh, unfortunately, Frank uh, found out several months after he retired that he had vascular dementia and that took us took Frank from us very, very quick. But a couple of years ago, what started out as a conversation turned into, hey, let's have a celebrity golf outing up at the Michigan Heroes Museum and do something really special to uh, bring a little recognition up there. And and uh, with the help of Frank Beckman and and uh, the folks around WJR and the network that we've continued to build, it's just turned into something really amazing. And Thursday, you'll see uh, professional golfers. And, you you know, we've got a we've got a three way playoff today. Right. Am I correct? Yep. I remember uh, 19 wasn't 1982, a three way playoff with Dan Pohl mm-hmm. uh, in the Masters in 1980. I think it was 82. Dan Pohl is going to join us on Thursday, along with Brian Cairns. And we've got UFC heavyweight fighter, Emmy winner, Lions, Tigers, Red Wings alumni, as well as Pistons alumni and just astronauts, you name it. We just have a great group of supporters from the museum come out in Frank's honor. And uh, this year we have called it the Frank Beckman Memorial Classic. Mm. And uh, we are just honored to be able to tag his name to that with the passion that he had for the museum and the stories that we tell. And uh, it's just going to be a riot. It's going to be so much fun, rain or shine. We're going to have a great time. Isn't that awesome? I, BC, I know that means a lot to you, uh, as well, we were talking about it earlier in the day, and, and and you said, "Hey, listen." When I saw Frank Beckman's name attached to that, I was like, "Okay, when do you need me there?" Yeah, um, yeah, Frank. <laughs> um, you know, any any time you mention Frank, it just, just makes me stop to pause. You know, because I, I still got funny emotions. Or get it's hard to believe he's gone, Frank, isn't it, Brian? Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. going, you know, it's that's a tough one to take. But uh, it'll be great. And thank you, Ronnie, for doing that, for attaching Franks to this. That that means a lot to a lot of us, you know, that were, I mean, I wasn't as close as Jeff was or some of the guys at the station or, you know, even his wife and his kids. But uh, that really means a lot that, that Franks remembered. 
Well, Frank was absolutely fascinated with what we did up at the museum. And a lot of people don't know it's not, you know, it's not a war museum. It's a museum of service. It tells the stories of uh, almost 900 servicemen and women from the state of Michigan that have done some extraordinary things. And we tell stories from Digger Odell. Sean, you've interviewed Digger. He spent oh. five and a half years at a POW camp. And that was a special moment for us to be able to spend some time with him. And um Wally Triplett, the first African-American to ever take the field to play for the NFL. He was a he was a Detroit Lion in 1949. He had been given a, a full ride scholarship to the University of Miami. And then a month later, it was rescinded because they said, we didn't realize you were an African-American. They took his scholarship away 75 years ago. And, and you think about, you know, United, but, a you know, united but unequal at the time, their pre-civil rights movement back you know, just after World War II. And Wally Triplett played for the Lions, ended up playing for uh, the Penn State and ended up going on to play for the Detroit Lions. And he was the first NFL player drafted into the Army when he was drafted into Korea. And we tell his story up at the museum. So so it's about the stories of service and what some of these people have done that's been so spectacular and so special. And, well, we have the largest collection of Medal of Honors of anywhere in the world. And Frank just had such a passion for that. And if you tied his passion with anything he did, from broadcasting to the museum to golf, you knew that Frank was all in all the time. And uh, he loved the museum and we love still, you know, we still consider him a board member, you know, death ends a life. It doesn't end a friendship and it certainly doesn't end a relationship. And we, we just, we just love the man and there's nothing he can do about it. Ronnie well, Cyrus, well vice president of the Michigan heroes museum in uh, Frankenmuth uh, and, and boy, oh boy, Ronnie to piggyback on that. Something that Frank was passionate about, plus something that Frank was passionate about. Uh, you have what we have here, and that's awesome. Let me ask you this. Are there still spots open? Uh, you know, how can people get involved uh, regardless, even if there aren't spots open to play? Well, we have some volunteer positions left. You can contact the Michigan Heroes Museum at miheroesmuseum.org if you want to get involved. Um, we, um, we fortunately, it's a beautiful thing. We're actually sold out this year, um, but we can get you on a list for next year. We will continue to do this as long as uh, Frank's memory allows us to continue to carry on for him. And we will have another event this time next year. And uh, we're always looking for sponsors and folks to come out and golf and get involved and just have a good time. You're welcome to come out and spectate like i said we'll have all sorts of all sorts of folks there this thursday from nfl alumni to astronauts to emmy award winners to ufc and broadcasters and please come out and feel free to join us if you'd like uh, it's at the fortress in frankenmuth and it starts uh kick tee off is at 11 o'clock uh thursday morning we'll have a navy seal jump in and medal of honor recipients sing the national anthem instead of a shotgun start we start with a five pound cannon start so we, <laughs> we make it as sexy as possible and just make it something very very special and extra hopefully everybody gets a cigar as a tea gift Everybody will have a cigar. In Frank's <laughs> Frank name. cigar. Actually, one of the great things Frank has this year, we've got Frank's cigar humidor this year for uh, silent auction. Frank, oh, wanted, wow. Frank wanted to get a, give us that this really? year when he left. So we have Frank's humidor. And if you want to make a donation or if you want to uh, get in on that auction item, uh, please call the museum uh, or contact the Michigan Heroes Museum or at michiganheroes.org. And, and we'd be happy to put your name in the... Uh, and your bid on the list. Oh, Perk BC up. I tell my wife she's here. <laughs> I'm going to bid on it. All right. <laughs> I love it. 
Hey, Frank, Frank had uh, an interesting name for all of this a couple years ago. Can you get into that a little bit, Ronnie? Uh, the, the original name before you, you honored Frank? Yep, it's called, and we still have the tagline, it's called the Worst Open. And uh, the Worst Open was just sort of a catchphrase. Frank thought it was uh, kind of cutesy. You know, you got Frankenmuth, you've got German, you got Bavarian Inn, you've got the village there. And uh, so we decided to call it the Worst Open, like Bratwurst, and a uh, little play on words. And of course, this year it will be the uh, Worst Open Frank Beckman Memorial Celebrity Classics. So we're. Uh, Frank's name will always be on that as in, in, in perpetuity. So mm, such an, such an awesome thing. And I mean, it's just an awesome place to play and an and awesome city. And uh, as you and I have talked about, and as you mentioned, I had the opportunity to talk to a few of the guys involved. I'm not sure the average person knows exactly what you guys are doing in, in Frankenmuth. Word is starting to get out there, but I think this is awesome. And it's gone nationwide, Ronnie. Yeah, we're doing quite a bit. Uh, you know, my the connections that I've had to the museum, um, a lot of people don't know. I started off uh, doing some of these recognitions at Ford Field for the Detroit Lions, and we call it the Hometown Hero segment every week. And, and now that has led to uh, those stories that we tied in from the Michigan Heroes Museum that that made those really, really great stories on, on, on game day for the Detroit Lions has turned into uh, me selecting um, – our hometown heroes for every game throughout the national football league now. So Frank and Frank had so much to do with that exposure and, and so much to help us out. And I owe him so much. And I am so proud to have called Frank, my friend. And uh, like I said, death ends a life. It doesn't end a relationship and he will always be my friend until, until I don't, until I leave my friendships behind. Ronnie, this is such a great event. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, uh, you know, the, the schedule and uh, locally made German dogs, locally made bratwurst, barbecue chicken. I think everybody knows the fair up in Frankenmuth as well. So, you guys, this is going to be a fun, fun event for many, many years to come, I'm sure. And next year, we hope to double it and have a uh, kind of a pro-am the day before leading up to it. So we're working with some bigger sponsors and uh, and looking forward to this getting legs of its own. And who knows, you know, something that starts off as a as a little local fundraiser for a special museum could turn into something very, very special someday. And and, uh, you know, what what better what better way to do that with Frank's name attached to it? Because I can't think of a finer man on the golf course uh, and a guy who loved the game of golf and had the passion for the game of golf and our nation's heroes as much as Frank Beckman did. And uh, it's just so awesome to put his name on it this year. And and uh, we're hoping to have his son will be there on Thursday. John will uh, be golfing with us. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll manage to, uh, definitely have him in spirit. He was there last year and, uh, we had a blast and, um, unfortunately vascular dementia took him from us very, very, very quickly. And, um, but that didn't, uh, that didn't wane his passion for the game or a cigar <laughs> or the <laughs> university of Michigan. <laughs> Ronnie, one of the things uh, I, I know you and I have talked about this before is we've had the opportunity to do some things in the past. Uh, we use the word hero because these heroes don't use the word hero. They just don't think I was doing my duty. And, and that every guy that I've talked to, you and I have talked about that. It, that is the most amazing dynamic to me. And that's why we have to go out of our way to make sure we pay homage to these guys. 
it's people that have gone above and beyond and done something a little bit more, you know, something that's bigger than themselves. You know, Digger Odell, we had interviewed him years ago, Sean, you and I did. Yep. He spent five and a half years as a POW in Vietnam. And he even told us on, on the radio that day, he says, if I had to do it all over again, knowing I would be a POW for five and a half years and have my neck broken on the, I would have done it because I loved flying that much. And you think about a guy that just survived that five and a half years. He adjusted his entire life. He died when he was 86. His entire life, he questioned what hero meant. But I think, uh, you know, he was one of those that kind of got used to the fact that people thought of him a hero because he just simply survived something so amazing. But to each and every service member who's ever put on the uniform, you are a hero. You are something special to somebody, whether it be a younger sibling, whether it be a father, uh, that's very, very proud of you or an uncle or a neighbor or a friend. And we have heroes that walk among us every single day. And when you see those service members, they might not own the Medal of Honor or a Silver Star, but you know what? They put their life on that on, on that sheet of paper when they sign their name. That was a blank check to their country uh, up to and including their own life. And to me, that's pretty special. And that makes a hero out of a lot of a lot of common, ordinary folks that have done some extraordinary things. It is the Frank Beckman Memorial Celebrity Golf Classic uh, this Thursday, May 26th at the Fortress. Ronnie, anytime you need anything, don't hesitate to holler. I think it's fantastic what you guys are doing. And I'm sure that this event will be better this year and better every year you do it. Thanks so much for joining us up, my friend. Thank you. Hope to have you out there next year, Sean. You got it, buddy. Thursday, Ronnie. Ronnie, Thursday, BC. Ronnie Cyrus kindly joining us. We will wrap it up. Of course, you already know how it happened. Uh, JT gets it done. We've got punk of the week. So many things to get to before we get out of here on a Sunday night. We are live from the DGC, of course, the home the Rocket Mortgage Classic about nine weeks away right here on 760 WJR. All right, final segment of the show. I want to thank Nick Roddy, of course, everything that he does every week to uh, get us in the position to bring this show to you. Of course, uh, Mr. Riga, Uh, we always appreciate everything that Dave Rieger does. And Dave Rieger, I promise you, you are coming over to a barbecue, okay? I promise you. Rieger's mad at me. Okay, Rieger, I swear. No, no, really, okay? He's producing right. the second best show on WJR. Rieger, did you hear that? Did you hear what BT said? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think Fischler's back at the station. Is it Jason or Dorch? Oh, Blake. Oh, my buddy Blake back there. So we appreciate everything that uh, Blake does too. All right, uh, Tiger Woods. I'm interested to hear from you three your take on Tiger Woods this weekend. Tough, tough topic with seven minutes left in the show, but, um, you know, I'm a huge Tiger fan. I know BC is as well. Uh, we've watched him do some special things. We saw him at the Masters. This week, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, you know, we saw him play on Thursday. He looked like he got sore and bounced around a little bit, even though he started fast. And then the second day really amazed me. And I didn't watch a lot of it the second day, but I was surprised that he shot one under par. Now, I expected Saturday's round to be Friday's round. Uh, That's all I'm going to say. Is he out? Is he done? No, he's not. He needs to heal. He's not fully healed. I don't know why he came back so quick, and I know his mind is way ahead of his body, 
but he'll be back. I'm not saying he's going to be retro Tiger, but uh, he'll be back and he will compete to still win championships. And he will be there. He's not done yet. That's my take on Tiger. Yeah, I th- I just think that, you know, Augusta might have been a totally different adrenaline rush for Tiger. Um, I would say that's probably his most favorite place in the world. So maybe that's what got him through that week. And then, you know, when he shot a lot <laughs> um, yesterday that, you know, he's he looked pretty stiff. I mean, he did not look that stiff at Augusta, to be honest with you, in person. But he looked pretty stiff that uh, yesterday. Now, whether it's that the weather or call it what you may, but you don't know. The guy's had 40 surgeries, you know, 40 surgeries. So I don't know what he's going through, but uh, God, he's great for the game of golf. And I'm glad he played this week. And I'm glad he made the cut. God bless him. Mike? Yes. Very happy he was there. Mm-hmm. But like we were saying earlier, he looked like he was in a lot of pain. He was in a lot of shots pretty low compared to, what he had been doing. Um, he was trying to stay off of that leg as much as he possibly could, and he did his best. And it's pretty awesome that he was there, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I I can't believe he's back playing a little bit here and there just yet. So, um, it's his mind. Yeah. His I, mind won't amazing. let him be out. It's amazing. You know, it, it's it's funny because I, I think I can speak for all four of us. We grew up in an era that was it was mind-blowing when 46-year-old Jack Nicholas won the Masters in 1986. Things are different now. Guys are taking care of themselves now. Um, Phil, I, I think, totally hit reset last year by doing what he did at the age of 51. Oh, he hit reset, all right. <laughs> and he hit, he hit it again after the tournament as well. No doubt. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think we're going to be surprised to see a 47, 48, 49, 50-year-old guy do it anymore. I just don't. I don't think we're going to be surprised at it. You're right. Especially if his name's Tiger Woods. That's right. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. And, you know, I just the, the, this course, no. I mean, but – you might get a golf course like a Pinehurst where somebody could do that, or a Pebble Beach, where somebody. What about could St. Andrews? Or St. Andrews, Bing, 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 Bing. St. Andrews. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I mean our next major, which is going to be, is there our next? No, U.S. Open. James yeah. Pyatt. That's right. Forgive me. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, British Open could always have that wild card. Play. British now. You call it the British Open. The Open, yes. Yes, okay. Yeah. Thank you for catching me. All right, we have a couple <laughs> minutes left. Uh, where are we going with the P You know what? I really, uh, really having trouble figuring out how the PGA of America has actually grown the game of golf. Uh-oh. Another really, PGA. Uh-oh. I'm really struggling with this. I think the USGA is doing more to grow the game of golf than the PGA of America is. You know, I'm a PGA member. I've been a PGA member. I'm a proud PGA member, but I'm struggling with this. And uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. And then see your highness on TV there. I don't I don't know. I don't know what's <laughs> going on with PGA, but, you know, they, 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 
they put great championships on, but I'd still say that the USGA is far ahead of us as far as growing the game. I don't, don't you remember the, the place out west they had with the greens? That was a debacle with the USGA. And then it was, I mean, it took a few years to get these guys under wraps. Uh, you know? I think as far as growing the game, USGA is doing a better yeah. job than the PGA. So we're, we're going punk of the week. We're going lateral. I'm going to nominate my punk of the week is the Florida Panthers. Come on. No doubt. All right, listen, we got to get out of here. Again, thank you, Rieger. Thank you, Blake. Thank you, Nick Roddy, Jeff Marshall. These fellas, we'll do it again uh, next week. Mike Fay, always a pleasure to see you. Thanks to the great people at the DGC. Don't forget Rocket Mortgage Classic. Here in about nine weeks at this historic golf club. For everybody involved, I'm Sean Belegian saying good night. Spend on golf, 760 WJR.